You're listening to Plug In to Health with Prevea Health, exploring healthcare topics that matter to you, the latest developments in health and medicine, and the inspiring stories that emerge from Prevea Health, our partners, and the communities we serve. Welcome. It's been about 15 months since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, and as COVID-19 infection rates are on the decline and vaccines are widely available, we've been able to move further into a sense of normalcy. Events and gatherings are now back on the schedule. Many are enjoying time with loved ones again and returning to the office after months of working from home. The list goes on. But as we inch our way into what is supposed to feel normal, It can feel anything but, especially after all we've experienced. On this episode, we're going to dive into some of the scenarios and feelings we might be experiencing during this new chapter of the pandemic, and we've invited Lisa Tutsky, licensed marriage and family therapist at Purveya Health, to help us navigate. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Let's start with, with this. Some people may feel it's all returning to normal too fast. It seems like just yesterday we were in this very heightened state of, you know, anxiety, so to speak. Um, Some people might be feeling like we're, we're moving ahead too fast. I'm not ready to take off my mask. They might feel guilty to returning back to this sense of normalcy. Are you seeing that? Yeah, we are hearing a lot of that. We're hearing, uh, you know, people that are so excited to return to normal, but we're also hearing people that are a little bit fearful and anxious about returning to normal. And and that really makes sense if you think about the fact that we lived in a state of anxious chaos for 15 months. It's so hard to go back to normal. And it's so hard to know what normal is. You know, what happened to all of us as a society has changed us. Um, So what was once normal may no longer be normal. You know, the other part of that is that we do know that obviously COVID-19 is still very much present. And we do still have populations of people who are not vaccinated, not vaccinated by choice or not vaccinated because they're not eligible and they don't qualify. So there is still some fear for people about their loved ones. You know, as a parent, I worry about my children who aren't old enough yet to be vaccinated. Now they very much want to return to normal and I want that for them but they do still need to be masking. Other people don't need to be masking. And I I think that there's a lot of, um, been so much, you know, political differences around COVID and masking versus not masking that there are also people who feel anxious about taking that mask off. They are vaccinated, they can take that mask off, but they worry about what other people may think. I've also heard people say, this is the healthiest I've been in years. This is the first time I didn't get the cold, the stomach flu, influenza. It's because I had a mask on. I don't think I want to take that mask off. And so I think you're going to see people start to try to figure out what normal looks like now, not what normal was. I think there's, you know, people who, you know, it it feels amazing to return to this sense of normalcy. Um, But you just can't help but feel that another crisis or challenge is right around the corner. You know, you, you, you're scared to uh, release that breath or relax. And, and as you'd pointed out, rightfully so, you know, there are still, COVID-19 is still existing in our communities. And we can't relax fully. 
But as we start to take those steps towards that, whether it's, you know, going to a gathering, et cetera, as soon as things start to feel normal, it's almost like that's when you get to feel anxious again. Because it's like, this can't be true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think to understand that, we have to look at the collective trauma and grief and chaos that we all experienced. So you know, during difficult times, people have the ability to cope. You know, I always tell patients, you can do hard things. I tell my kids, you can do hard things. And we can, and we all showed that we can do hard things. But part of how we do hard things is by living in this state of constant protection, right? Where we're sort of just going through the day, always wondering what's going to happen next, anticipating. If you think about what the last 15 months was like, it is nothing that any of us could have ever expected. I certainly never expected my kids to not be in school. I certainly never expected to not be able to see my friends and my family and celebrate holidays the way that we always had. So everybody was, you know, able to cope with that and, and had some anxiety and depression certainly along the way. But when you're able to sort of stop and take that breath and everything is going to be, you know, better now, oftentimes that anxiety comes out because people are still waiting for what if, right? They've been living in that place of of chaos and panic and change for so long, it's hard to adjust back to not having that. And I think it's also understandably difficult for people to trust, you know, school was out, kids were out, then they were in, then they were out, things were open, things were closed. So much changed at a rapid pace. We could never anticipate. If there was one thing that was consistent, it was change. And so for people to be able to trust that, okay, this is now the way it's going to be, I think that's difficult because they endured 15 months of ongoing change and 15 months of a lot of unknowns. Is there a way to overcome that constant thought of, well, what if? Don't get too comfortable. What if? How do you navigate that? You know, I think the the biggest piece in that is just to be able to acknowledge that you are carrying some anxiety, some trauma, some emotion about what happened over the last 15 months. That while so many people did really, really well, they navigated this, they, they did a complete pivot in their lives. It was really, really difficult. And once we get a chance to breathe, often we feel anxious. We feel that trauma. We feel that grief, right? That all comes flooding back. Um, And and to acknowledge it and to start to have some conversation with people in your family. What do we want to do? What does normal look like? Right? That's the other piece of this. I think that, um, and we talked about this at the beginning of the pandemic, is it changed how people did life. And there are some parts of that that maybe were good. And there may be things that people don't want to go back to, right? There may be things that they didn't miss. There may be new things that they've started doing as a family or new activities, new hobbies, new interests. And so some of that anxiety is not just about, ooh, how long is this going to last? It's also about, um, how do I put this back in my life when I have all this other stuff now. So people are going to need to make some difficult decisions and make some changes to their lives. And that's definitely not easy. You know, change is a really difficult thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you were telling me me earlier before we hit record that this has almost become what is known as the second pandemic. Yep, Not absolutely. necessarily COVID-19, but the, the mental health effects 
that we're many of us are experiencing as a result of it. Yep, absolutely. Because, you know, on so many levels, there were so many different challenges. And that's true for for everybody, right? So, you know, there's challenges that have caused people to feel more anxious, people to feel more depressed. We know that the impact of isolation on people is really difficult. So we had people that were isolated for a very long time. Um, Now that they're no longer isolated, the impact of the isolation is still there. We have people who lost loved ones during this time and not necessarily because of COVID-19, but because of other things. And they couldn't be there with their loved ones. They couldn't have funerals. You know, there's so many rites and rituals that we missed out on over the last 15 months weddings, funerals, graduations, proms, homecomings, all sorts of different, you know, special activities that we can never go back and have again, right? And so there's a a grief piece to this as well. When you are in the middle of a crisis, when you are in the middle of a pandemic, many people are able to cope with that because they have just keep their head down and they need to do what they need to do, right? Our, the rules were pretty simple. You need to stay home. If you go out, you need to mask. You need to maintain social distancing. And so so we could do that. People can do that. Now that things are returning back to what we call normal, all of that stuff that they didn't deal with during that time because they were just focused on survival. They were just focused on getting through the day-to-day homeschooling their children, working from home, figuring out how to get groceries into the house without also getting COVID into the house. Now that that's gone, now we have time to think about all the things that were lost. And so there is going to be some grief that's there. And then there's also going to be this anxiety that comes with, is it ever going to be normal again? Is it ever going to feel normal again? Are, are we ever going to go into a world where we feel safe, right? Sometimes what happens when we have traumas and tragedies happen, it reminds us of how scary the world can be. If we thought about that every day on a day-to-day basis, none of us would want to leave our houses. So we don't think about that. We ignore that. We move through our day. We do our things. But having a pandemic like this happen reminds us, right, that the world can be a broken place and scary things and sad things and bad things can happen. And that often raises people's anxiety and makes them feel maybe a little bit less secure about everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, everybody might be in a, in a different situation, but for anybody who's listening to this right now, okay, and everything that you're saying is really resonating with them. They're, they're listening, they're thinking, that's me. That's exactly how I feel. What are your words to them? Well, the first I would say is remember that that's normal. And I think we hear so much about the people that are so excited and happy to get back to normal. We hear about concerts and sporting events and, um, you know, graduations and parties and weddings and all those things happening. And often if you're not feeling as happy and excited, you feel like you're the only one and you're not. The other piece is to start to talk about it. We know that if somebody is brave enough to be the first one to give voice to something, other people will follow. So be that voice. Don't be afraid to say, well, hold on a second. I'm maybe not doing okay, or I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's important to be able to talk about how we feel with those close to us, 
how we feel with those that we trust as we negotiate back into life and navigate back into the world you know making sure that we have those people to talk to about what might make us uncomfortable what we're fearful of how we feel about things you know and, and also reaching out for mental health help we you know many people have seen counselors in the past please call your counselor and see if you can get back in if you've never done counseling that's okay now's a great time to start you know contact somebody to reach out to see if you can schedule an appointment uh, because you're not alone and, and that's really the thing that we want people to understand is that while the world says everything's normal again that doesn't mean that everybody feels okay we can say the world is normal again and people can still feel not okay not feeling okay is hard though when everybody around you seems to be feeling fine and so be that voice you know and for people who maybe are doing really well reach out to the other people in your life and see how they're actually doing right don't assume that everybody is feeling great and wonderful and things are back to normal check in check in with the people you you have had 15 months where we have not had that same level of contact and i also think let's make sure that we're going back to connecting right because this 15 months created a disconnect we were not able to touch people to hug people to talk face to face right everything was done on the phone on zoom somehow electronically so let's make sure that we're also reconnecting if you are feeling disconnected reach out if you're a person that's feeling really connected and great make sure that you're also reaching out to some of those people that you know, maybe you kind of lost touch with or lost sight of during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Another scenario I'm, I'm hoping you can help us navigate, and I feel like there's, there's probably a lot of people out there who have experienced this during the time of the pandemic. I mean, there was so much divisiveness, you know, in our country, um, in politics, within our own families, and even friendship circles. You know, and now that you know, more people are are able to, you know, I think it was almost, it was almost easier to experience that divisiveness when you couldn't be with the other people in person, right? And now as, as we're moving back towards more gathering in person, you might be in the presence of family or friends that you wholeheartedly disagreed with over a course of a variety of things over the last year and a half. How do you now navigate this new situation? Mm-hmm. Well, and you bring up a really good point. Um, you know, besides the pandemic, we also had other very major political and social justice issues going on, right? This was not a, a year that we only had a pandemic to deal with, which in and of itself would have been more than enough. We also had so many other issues that were concerning and scary and divided families and divided people. You know, during the pandemic, you could share your thoughts and your feelings. You were sharing those electronically, often through social media platforms, and things were said that probably shouldn't have been said. Texting. Uh, yeah. Correct. Texting and Facebook and Twitter and, you know, all these different messages back and forth. So, oh, now everybody's together. And, you know, I think it's much like it has always been. In what context can you have a relationship with somebody, even if you don't agree with them, right? We don't always have to agree. And it depends on who that person is, right? So depending on how close you are to that person, this is that idea of boundaries, right? So if you know that you're interacting with somebody who feels differently than you, then you get to choose, do I bring that up? Do I not? Is this somebody I want to have a relationship with? 
If I do, how close do I want to be to them? How often do I want to spend time with them? And remembering that sometimes if there's things from the past, things that were said during that pandemic time, maybe a little bit of grace, a little bit of understanding that that person was under a lot of stress, that person maybe wasn't doing the best themselves, and acknowledging that you know they said something that hurt you or they believed something that you disagreed with. Having that conversation and, and opening the door for that communication so that going forward, it is not that you know, elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I recall you and I did an episode. I encourage um, anyone to listen to it. We did an episode called The Value of Empathy. How important, you know, is has empathy been during this time? And will it be now? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because we don't always know that somebody else is struggling. Um, and we don't always know that we're struggling. Um, and sometimes things happen and we really require the empathy and grace of others, right, to, to cut us a little bit of slack, that maybe we were the, not the best version of ourselves. In any type of stressful situation, and, and the pandemic is definitely one that falls in that category, people are doing the best that they can. And if you think back, it, it can be really difficult to think back because you know we've moved on into this new direction. Everybody was making decisions the best that they could with very little information. And so it was making a lot of decisions, a lot of really difficult decisions, in a really difficult environment. And to judge somebody for those decisions that they made during that time, it may not be fair. And it may be fair to give them another chance or to reopen that door to communication and connection. Mm -hmm. What can you tell us about what people might be experiencing with the returning to the office experience? There's many people who have been working from home for months and now we have to completely switch that off and back to the office or whatever working environment that you you are used to. What types of feelings, experiences might we be seeing there? So I think it's just like it was when they went from working from in office to at home, right? That's a huge shift to make. So in the beginning, when people went to go work at home, they were feeling lonely and isolated and they weren't moving enough and, you know, appetite and sleep and routine, everything was off. But because we can do this as humans, you know, they made it work. They got a routine. They got into a groove. They figured out how to make it okay. And now we're asking them to pivot back to returning to the office. So it's again another change. It's another shift. So understanding that that change is going to be hard even though this is what was normal, it's not what feels normal. Because what feels normal is what they've been doing, which is working from home. And that just like they missed certain things about being in the office, they're going to miss certain things about being at home, right? That there's pros and cons to everything. And so the pros of working in the office, that's wonderful. Those are great. But there are things that they will miss about being at home. Um, and and have to adjust to that new routine. And their you know work may be a different place. Work may look different, may feel different, depending on who's still working there, who's back from home, who's not. You know, there's a lot of changes that have had to be made in workplaces over the last 15 months. Mm-hmm. 
what about our kids? Anything we need to be keeping closer attention to um, and how this time could have affected them, um, particularly now as we're sort of inching our way towards that back to normal? Yeah, I think for kids, it's just getting them back with their peers, right? We know our kids missed that socialization and they missed that connection and relationships. We know that kids need to be with other people. And they need to go back to seeing the people that they've missed. So other family members, you know, grandparents, maybe siblings who've lived out of the house, aunts, uncles, cousins, friends in the neighborhood, those types of things. We want to get them back to doing those things. And we want to get them back to play. Because what's been missing is play, right? That that ability to play with others, that ability to just get out and explore. Um, And I think also just acknowledging to kids that we just don't know what next year will hold, right? They all want to go back to normal. And the hope is that they'll be able to go back to school and it will be a normal school year. But we just don't know what that will look like. And, And acknowledging to them that it's okay to feel anxious about it. Acknowledging to them that it's okay for them to feel a little bit unsure or even to feel a little bit angry, right? Because some kids are just frustrated and they're done with all of this. Um, some people have said, hey, I really liked online learning. I want to keep doing that. And that's, that's great. Well, families get to make some decisions about what they're going to do going forward. And for some people, online learning or homeschooling ended up being a really great option. For some kids, that wasn't the best fit. And using this sort of summer as a chance to reset, to reset, get back out, be connected with other people. And you know what, maybe the last year wasn't the best. Maybe they didn't have the best school year, or maybe, you know, they, they struggled emotionally, but that that's okay. Let's normalize that. Let's offer that empathy and that understanding and then move forward for next year, knowing We may have to make some changes, but guess what? You know how to do that because you've done that already. Empowering them to know that they can adjust to change even though it's really hard. Lisa, is there anything I haven't asked you or that you want to address, you know, regarding this topic or this episode? You know, I would just remind everybody to be gentle with themselves. We lived through something that hasn't happened in 100 years. We lived through a pandemic. My my middle son asked me at the very beginning of this pandemic, Mom, have you ever lived through a pandemic? And I said, nobody, I never have. None of us can say that anymore, right? And, and we all experience something that has changed us. Change does not have to be bad. But change often feels bad. Understand how you've changed, how the people around you have changed, how the world has changed. It's okay for us to make some pivots and some turns and some changes permanent actually there are probably some things that we are better as a result of it's not always just the negative lisa thank you as always for your insight it is always always very much appreciated lisa tutsky is a licensed marriage and family therapist at purveya health thank you to lisa and thank you to our listeners You've been listening to Plug Into Health with Provea Health. To learn more and to submit ideas for future shows, please visit provea.com slash podcast. And please remember, the information provided in this podcast does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to replace interactions with your healthcare professional. And if you are concerned about your healthcare, you should consult with your healthcare professional. 
You can learn more about Prevea Health at Prevea.com. Thank you for choosing to plug into health with Prevea Health.